Amen. You may be seated. Today we remember fathers. My father lived to be 93. He broke all the rules of health. A meal wasn't a complete meal unless it had dessert at the end of it. He ate red meat. Mashed potatoes and gravy were a basic food group. He uh, just lived to be a long guy. And I remember him very, very fondly because he was a special man for me. He was principal of the high school I went to, and that was always a little bit of a challenge. But we got along very well, and we enjoyed, especially in later years, that we could communicate and talk, and he would always want to know what's happening in the church, what's going on, and he'd always want to hear. I worked in a cemetery when I was in high school and first couple years of college. It was an old, old cemetery had the great big tombstones and some mausoleums in it and, and huge things. And, and on some of the tombstones, they had developed some kind of technique where they would take the pictures and put them on a ceramic kind of plate that was embedded into the, into the grave marker. I don't know how they did it, but there would be pictures then of the people who were buried there. And when I worked there, I'd often stop because there were those usual kind of phrases at the on the tombstones, you know, like beloved father, beloved mother, or, or whatever. And they often wondered what kind of people those people were when they were alive. Some of them lived to be a very old age, and some of them died rather young. You could see that by the ages that were put on the tombstones. And they often wondered about how were they remembered? What did, what did people think about? Were they even remembered at all? Maybe the question gets asked for us today, and that's whether you're a father or a mother or a child or just where you fall into that whole order of things. How do you want to be remembered? What would you like people to think about you in the years ahead? Or maybe now. Maybe just now you'd like to be remembered by the people, other people at work so that they would know you're there. Or maybe school, that you would... People would know that you were attended school there. That would be kind of nice. Maybe in your family you want to be remembered. Because see, our life begins, and, and for most of us, we're not some famous people. Our names aren't showing up in the newspaper all the time. There's not some kind of record being made of us and all of our travels and all the things that we do. It's really not well known. We kind of are insignificant. And that's what Jesus is talking about in that parable of the mustard seed. It's the insignificant mustard seed. Jesus tells us it's a very small seed, and indeed it is. But when planted, it would grow to be big. And we have reports that even mustard seed trees would grow to be 12 feet tall. Typical was five to six feet tall. That was a typical mustard seed plant. And indeed, the birds would come and they would build nests in there and, 
would eat the seeds that were part of the mustard seed plant, part of the mustard tree, part of the plant. And they would eat those seeds that were there. And it all started with a pretty insignificant kind of, kind of thing. And the point of the parable, as Jim mentioned in the children's message, is, is one of growth. God wants growth to happen. Growth happens because that's the way God has designed things. God designed those plants so that growth would happen. Oftentimes, I used to say to my lawn, you know, now I want you to get about yay tall and then just stop growing. And it didn't work. I could do that by not watering it and not fertilizing it, but then it would die and it would get smaller. God designed people to grow. And if a child doesn't grow and develop, parents are excited and worried and they're going to the doctors because they want to know why growth isn't happening. But this morning we're not going to talk so much about physical growth or the growth that happens with plants and trees, but we're going to be talking about spiritual growth. The kind of growth that happens within us. See, that growth starts as small seeds. For many of us, for me and for many of you, it began at a baptismal font. When a pastor put some water on our head and said, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and at that moment, God entered into our life. And that spiritual growth has continued on. But growth is a slow process, and it takes a while for it to happen. It starts as that small seed of faith within us that God continues to nurture. When looking at the parables, we always must look, first of all, at kind of what they meant to those disciples who were gathered there. The disciples were probably confused because Jesus was talking about something in the kingdom of heaven as being small and growing. And we know that at this particular time, probably, the, God, the people who were following Jesus were pretty small in number. And the disciples probably thought John the Baptist had more people following him, and John said that the one coming after me is going to do greater things than he did. And Jesus, you're not doing greater things. It's not happening. Jesus, John the Baptist, had more people following him than you have following you. What's going on? What's happening? And sometimes I think we can get discouraged, can't we? Our faith doesn't seem to grow sometimes. In fact, sometimes it almost seems as if our faith is shrinking and, and we're having less trust in God. The disciples had hoped for more, and they got less. And sometimes that happens with us. But there's a universal truth about insignificant things. All music comes from the same notes. There haven't been any new notes created in years, in centuries. There's no new notes. All of the great literature of the world comes from the same 26 letters of the alphabet. There aren't any more in the English alphabet. There's no new ones being added. The same ones are there. 
And all the literature, all the poems that we read, all the speeches that we hear, everything comes from those same insignificant little letters. Same letters of the alphabet that we all hear. And sometimes we get discouraged by it all. But we can never, we should never be discouraged by insignificant beginnings and by the apparently infinitesimal beginning that they have, or that we have. Jesus is telling this parable about the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus is telling this parable and he's saying, here's what's going to happen. This kingdom of heaven is going to grow. In the Eastern culture where Jesus was telling this, trees were oftentimes used to describe empires and were oftentimes used as a symbol for an empire. And frequently the symbol would have birds in it that the birds would come and rest. And Jesus is using this image, which would be familiar to these disciples, and saying, this kingdom of heaven is going to grow. And it's going to be a place where you can come and find peace and rest. It's going to be a place where you can come and you can find some assurance and some comfort and some hope. But oftentimes, there seems to be delays in all of that. It just doesn't seem to happen on our time frame. We want it to happen sooner than it does. And sometimes we wish, God, can't you just speed the process along a little bit? How many children didn't say when they were whatever height that they wanted to be and they couldn't wait till they were taller. And they could be almost as tall as mom and then as tall as dad and even pass them up. Oh, that was the goal. And sometimes our spiritual life, we kind of say, how come, how come it's not going? God, can't you speed up the process? And God's delays sometimes our intention. Because God is preparing us for the growth that needs to happen. While God, while we think God is delaying, He is working and He is doing those things that help us to grow in the whole process. We wish it would happen kind of like the Apostle Paul, where he's on the road to Damascus and all of a sudden, bingo, he gets zapped by the Holy Spirit. He's knocked off his horse, he's blinded, and instantaneously, almost, he has a tremendous strong faith. We forget that Paul also went off into the wilderness for three years where he and God had a class and where Paul is taught about Christianity. The tiny mustard seed continues to grow and sometimes I'm sure that when the planter plants it, he wonders, when is it going to happen? When is this mustard seed going to grow? Another one of my summer jobs was working at a dairy farm in South Wisconsin that my cousin had. And it was always fun for me to go there because I knew it was going to only last for a short while. 
getting up and milking cows, you know. Oh. But I knew that incentive to go back to school. But there you'd see the seed grow. When I would get there after school, sometimes the corn wasn't very high. And then it would grow and grow and grow. And all the other plants that would grow and grow, and it would just be fun to see it. But if my cousin would go out there and he would pull up the plant and see, oh, is this growing or not? That plant would soon The mustard seed is going to grow because that's the way God intended it. And a faith is going to grow because that's the way God intended it to be. But just as those seeds that are planted in the ground grow because that's the way God intended, they need water, they need fertilizer, they need sunshine. And you and I need the things that are going to cause us to grow as well. We need those things that are going to help us to mature and to develop. We need to be part and parcel in God's word. We need to be in our prayer life. We need to receive Holy Communion. We need to remember our baptism. We need to remember that we have a God who loves us. There's a lot of things in our world today that could cause us to get frustrated, that could cause us to despair, that could cause us to kind of lose hope. And that's where we need again and again and again to hear God say to us, my kingdom is going to be like the mustard plant that gets big. And the birds of the air are going to find rest in that. And the birds are going to find the promise that there is food for them there. And that's what God is saying to us. We are part of his kingdom. And in his kingdom, God gives us the assurance that his death, his resurrection, made us one with him. God is telling us again and again and again that he loves us. And that no matter what happens in our life, no matter what goes on, no matter what terrible things might happen, God is going to be there with us. And he's going to help our faith to grow. He's going to help us to receive the blessings that he has given to us. In the assurance that our sins are forgiven. That we have a father, a father who loves us. A father who cares. Small, insignificant mustard seeds become big, significant trees. And small insignificant seeming faith grows into the trust that we have as we trust this God, this God who died and rose again, that he did that for me, for you. And we will have a life that goes on with him forever and ever and ever. Would you pray with me? <coughs> Dear Lord God, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the faith that you have given to us, even though sometimes it seems small, just like the mustard seed. But you have designed that faith to grow through word and sacraments. Dear Lord, we live in your kingdom, 
and give us the assurance of the peace that you have for us so that we may live with you forever and ever. These things we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. And all God's people said, 